1: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
0: Welcome back to another installment of Let's Ride with Chris Harris Jr. and Patrick Chiote. I am Patrick Chiote. I'm joined, of course, by my co host, Denver Broncos' great cornerback, Chris Harris Jr. Chris, good to see you. How are you doing today? Doing good, man. Great to be back on the show. And I know we got some good news to uh definitely talk about today. Yeah, the Denver Nuggets, as we speak, are celebrating their uh NBA championship with the parade down 16th Street in Denver, or sorry, 17th Street, I believe. Uh Chris, you were a part of a Super Bowl parade. You know, we're gonna talk about that a yeah. little bit later. Um, all the videos that are coming out of the players, the the Nuggets <laughs> players and uh during the parade are absolutely hilarious it kind of makes me want to go back and watch your guys's parade so maybe for the next episode i'll have some uh i'll have some embarrassing moments from the parade that we can talk about but before we uh before we talk about anything else make sure that you guys are subscribing to the show make sure that you guys share the show on every platform follow chris and i on twitter at chris harris jr at patrick coyote chris I want to get into broncos mini camp uh it it just ended this is the the last activity that they're going to have until uh training camp starts in a couple of months big takeaways from the last couple days of otas sean payton was preaching discipline after a fight broke out during an 11 on 11 uh drill including backup tight end tommy hudson and outside linebacker nick Benito. He was talking about the AFC championship game this last year and how a late penalty in that game is kind of what really ended up pushing the Chiefs to that Super Bowl, uh, to getting to the Super Bowl and then eventually winning the Super Bowl. You know, these fights happen all the time. We see them in practice. We see them in training camp. What can you what can you say about, you know, fights during practice and especially during OTAs? It seems a little bit weird. They're not you said they're not even in pads yet. I think that's a great point. What can you yeah. tell us uh, uh, about these types of fights and, and the outcome? Yeah. You usually don't have too much
1: fights in, you know, OTAs. We're just in shorts and shirts, you know. It's not really a lot of banging and, you know, uh, it's really soft 707, you know. The O-line and D-line don't even go hard like that. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's interesting to see them fighting, but I guess that's good because we need that competition edge and we need that fiery edge out there. So... I like seeing the players have a chip on their shoulder, even though we want to, uh, we don't want to harm the harm each other. Of course, as players, uh, we want to keep everybody safe, but we want to have a a, a level of discipline to not beat ourselves. Because, like Coach Sean Payton is saying, that our margin of error is very slim on our team, so we can't afford to uh,
0: kill ourselves in games. Yeah, and Coach Payton was talking about the other day that there were they ran out of flags because of all the penalties and this is something that we talked about in the last show you know this was a team that was ranked near the bottom as far as uh you know flags and and just a really undisciplined team last year and and they want to change that go in a different direction and you talk about keeping each other healthy picking each other up running back samadji Pirine, he suffered a small thumb injury shouldn't keep him out for very long at all of course ota's just ended so it's not really going to matter but if this is a significant injury it kind of makes us raise these questions again about the broncos uh running back room with javante williams still recovering from his devastating knee injury and now p ryan they haven't really signed anybody else in in free agency at that position so do you think that this is a a, a significant yeah. injury do you think that this is something where maybe they should look at bringing in at least one more back to the room
1: yeah I don't think it's a major injury. I think it's something that, you know, he could still play. You know, even if you have a thumb injury, I think a running back can still find a way to get it done. But uh, that is a question of concern uh, on the offensive side is the running back. Uh, we've seen the talent-wise from Williams that we know yep. he could make plays and uh, we've seen what he could do on the field. Uh, with, uh, P, is it P. Ryan? P. Ryan? Is that how you say his name? Yeah. P. Ryan. Right. I remember playing against that guy, man. He's definitely a, a strong. Uh, he was a great third-round back for the Bengals for a while. So yeah. he's a very consistent running back. I think he's going to be good. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be that dynamic runner that we need, you know, that yeah. uh, that if we can go get a dive and cook, that could kind of make us kind of even, you know, what yeah. we need to be able to face the Raiders with a Josh Jacobs and dealing with the Chiefs, you know, and the Chargers and what they got. So – uh if I'm if I'm the Broncos I'm taking a real good look at Cook right now yeah. and to see if we can bring him in for a visit see where we can uh try to come to a good agreement because I think he'd be a great addition for definitely to help you know he he's going to need consistency from a running a yeah. run game that's where he he had great success with Marshawn Lynch you know yeah. they had a great running game he was very successful off that so I think that's what he needs
0: yeah and, and you know going back and listening to some of these press conferences that some of the players have had after OTAs, it's sounding like Russell Wilson has been the same old Russ uh, that, you know, we've known over the years and and he is performing really well. And he's, he's starting to pick up on Peyton's offense. And Jerry Judy noted as a big, it's going to be a big part of this offense this year. Cortland Sutton as well. We, we talked about him watching Michael Thomas's tape. And Sean Payton had nothing but good things to say about him. You know, kind of kind of echoing that sentiment of like, I want to see you get back to the top. I want to see you come back and perform at the highest level. You know, it, it, Sean Payton, right. listening to him talk, it just seems like he's really focusing on changing the culture and, and kind of trying to like squeeze everything he can out of these guys. And I, I think from a coaching aspect, looking at where they were last year, where it was like, no offense to Nathaniel Hackett, but he's like, he's a great guy. He's a good dude. He's, you know, he's going to be one of your friends. He's going to be, you know, a pal. Sean Payton is like one of those coaches who's like, give me more. Whatever you have in the tank, I want more of it. You know, was there ever a coach in, you know, in your time in Denver or your time anywhere else in the league who kind of pushed you? Like that to like get you over yeah. that competitive edge.
1: Yeah. Oh man, definitely Coach Fox. He was a great coach. Uh, I think for me, having kind of having that, you know, a veteran, experienced coach. You know, coach kind of like Sean Payton. You know, he he's been in, he's had great success in the league. And then uh, definitely having Kubiak, those two right there. I think they were very uh, uh, great pieces for me to be able to come in, and learn, um, see how they how they uh, you know set the tone in practice, yeah. how they uh, keep a, keep the vets accountable, and also keep the the young players accountable. You know, Kubiak, man, he wrote those young players hard. <laughs> you know, he, he got everything out of those young players, and especially us, too. If the, you know, secondary no fly, we come out there, we not practicing good, he'll holler at me in a key or something, y'all need to get it going, you know? So uh, Kubiak wasn't a respecter of persons, you know? So he yeah. was, I think those is what you need in a, in a team. And uh, I think Coach Payton is going to – he gives them a different respect ability. You know, he's a guy yeah. who's won the Super Bowl. He knows yeah. what it takes. So uh, guys are going to have a different level of respect on how they approach him compared to a guy like Daniel Hackett, you know, yeah. a guy that's new, fresh, first job. And it's hard to be a first-time head
0: coach yeah. coming
1: to Denver. It's, yeah. it's just a whole different level.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. And, you know, one of the big po- talking points of – Nathaniel Hackett last year was attempting to rebuild the culture right and and for as much as he was talking about it it just never really seemed like they got to that point it it was just kind of like yeah we're going to talk about it but we're not going to be about it and from mm-hmm. from what we've seen and heard from Sean Payton it's completely you know completely different side it is we're going to talk about it very minimally but we're going to definitely be about it And one of the things that stood out to me when I was listening to Peyton's presser the other day was he was talking about honoring, uh, Broncos ring of fame, kicker, Jim Turner, who passed away, um, earlier this week Mm -hmm. and just kind of talking about how he was going to honor him. Right. There's different ways that you can honor these legendary players who who played a big part of your organization in the past, but he had a very unique way of doing it. And (laughs) during practice. During their kicking period, he said, "We're going to move it all the way down into the end zone." They kicked a nine-yard field goal because that's how far mm. the goalposts were back when Jim Turner was playing. And he also made the kickers kick straight on, not the soccer-style kicking that we know today. And he said it was—he uh, said it was interesting. He said the kickers were uh, <laughs> the, the kickers were not not as good with those as the uh, soccer kicks. And you know, it, it, he was talking about this in a way that was like th- this is a, a way for us to build culture together as a team, yeah you know y- you've been in in a multitude of different locker rooms culture is one of those aspects that is so important to the game of football you know what's right. give us an example of you know where culture th- that culture kind of came into play in a tough situation
1: yeah man I think um, we we had a, a culture as in uh, we kept everybody accountable. You know, yeah. everybody had to be on their job. Um, everybody was competing. We put up, you know, we had a little, little stash in the DV room, you know, who's gonna <laughs> have the first picks, you know, get all this <laughs> yeah. money, you know, yeah. Who, who's gonna lead in training camp with the most picks or making the most plays, you know? Yeah. So we, we always had a little, you know, little um, stashes in there in ways that we keep each other accountable. Also keep us hungry, you yeah. know, and that was just our culture that we had in our DV room, yeah. you know, and then from there, every, it's
0: Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit
1: It's kind of a uh, groups. You have to have cultures within different groups, different positions, yeah. right? In a receiver room, they're going to have a different culture mm-hmm. than when they come into the team aspect of it, right? Because once they go into that room, this is our culture in this room. Right, mm-hmm. as the receiver room, right, and that's what Sean Payton has to do. He has to build cultures within all the groups on the team, and then also having those having those different cultures come together and gel as one. And that's what the head coach has to be able to do. Oh. And uh, only some people are specifically understand that, right? You know, uh, I think being able to play twelve years and I've had tons of coaches now, and mm-hmm. not uh, start off like that, but you know, we ended up. You know, even in Denver, we had a whole bunch of different coaches, you know, every year. So uh, I got to see different aspects of it, different ways of team, how you build the team. And uh, that's what it's about. It's kind of built all the different groups and making
0: them gel as one. Yeah. Very well said. Well, Chris, I want to get into the schedule because that's something that we haven't really talked about yet. You know, (laughs) we see all of these schedule release videos and and you know the social yeah. media teams working their butts off to get these videos out. Of course, the Chargers. For me, again, the Chargers won the social media you know schedule release battle, but <laughs> they just they do not miss, man. They don't yeah. miss. Um, they're pretty good. <laughs> they're pretty. They're pretty good. Um, yeah. You know, talking about the Broncos schedule here. I, there's there, there's a lot of games on this schedule that are kind of raising eyes. Maybe if I was looking at this last year, I would have said, "Meh." Yeah. There's some there's some there's some boring games on the schedule. But now I'm looking at it, and it's it's like there's a lot of games, especially early on in the season, that are really going to have to yeah. set the tone for the Broncos season. Looking at the schedule in your eyes, what do you think is the toughest yeah. game on this schedule for yeah. the Denver Broncos? Of course, every every game in the AFC West is going to be tough. Yeah. But
1: uh, I'm going to go out and say the Bills, man, going to Buffalo. I can't remember yeah. the last time the Broncos have been to Buffalo and won. You know, yeah. they cheated us last time with Bonham. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> when they, they gave us that late little penalty, you know. Yeah. We would have just... got the ball back. We felt like we had a chance to win. But I can't remember going to Buffalo winning too many games. Yeah. So i, I say that'll be a tough one because it's a long trip. Uh, and then I got the uh, Chiefs on there. I got the or not the Chiefs, but the Jets. I got the Jets yeah. of now. You got to go against Aaron Rodgers. This was yeah. a team that they did come to Denver and beat y'all last year, mm-hmm. right? So y'all y'all gotta definitely. It's a payback game for y'all. But I think adding Aaron Rodgers is gonna make this team uh, a definitely high threat now. So uh, it's gonna be a great game. I think those are gonna be the, the two toughest games that I think outside of the division.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think the Jets game is is going to be one that a lot of uh, Broncos fans need to keep their eyes on. We can sit here and say, oh, yeah. it's the Jets. But you know what? They they got some big play. On, on paper, that defense is scary. Yeah. That, that defense is scary on paper. And uh, they got a few guys that can play really well. They did just sign Adrian Amos uh, to be a part of their secondary. Yeah. That's a big signing for them. And then, of course, Aaron Rodgers, that whole dilemma and, yeah. and the whole drama surrounding that it there's another added factor to it as well it's the nathaniel Hackett revenge game he's the oc in in new york now so is aaron Rodgers going to come out and and yeah. just go all out on the broncos who knows uh but i definitely do think yeah that he's
1: gonna try he's he's gonna do his best he's definitely gonna do his best because
0: yeah. uh, i know a, a lot of broncos fans during that draft that year um when the report yeah. was released that oh the Broncos are going to try and trade for Aaron Rodgers, I feel like a lot of Broncos fans were fine with that they were like yeah we'll take Aaron Rodgers, absolutely mm-hmm. um so I-, I see that as being the toughest game the but the Bills game a Monday night game in Buffalo week after a bye that's going to be a huge game for for Sean Payton mm-hmm. in his first season in Denver um honestly my toughest game for for me right now is going to be week three in Miami that's an early game in yeah. September in Miami Vic Fangio's the DC gonna be hot it's gonna be humid it's gonna be nasty those guys yeah. are gonna have to hydrate uh and it's a Vic Fangio revenge game it's a Bradley Chubb revenge game those those are yeah. those are big uh big key components to that game and I think that's that's just going to add to the intensity of that game early on in the season but Chris, there's there's a popular phrase in football when we're talking about games and it's called the trap game. And normally this means it's a game where you got one team who's very talented going into a game against a team who may not, you know, may not be that talented, you know, from the from the outside perspective. But as you know, as an NFL player, it's any given Sunday, man, any team could be any team at any point. What do you think, looking at this schedule, what do you think the trap game is for the Broncos or maybe the trap game for another opponent?
1: Yeah. Well, I think the Broncos have to be the trap team. So they have to be that underdog team. They will be that all year. So I have them being a trap game versus the Chiefs on that Thursday night. I think the Chiefs are going to come in, you know, on a high road. We beat the Broncos. I don't know how many straight years they beat us. You know, 13, it's, it's, it's adding up, games. you know, There's it's adding up. It's, it's it's not looking good, but they're like, Oh, we're going to play. We're going to win our 14 straight game versus these guys. They can't beat us. And we're just going to go in a KC and sneak a win. So I think that's our trap game right there. We're going to be the trapper.
0: I like that. I, I like the reverse aspect yeah. of it. Um, you know, for, for me looking at this schedule, uh, I, I, I gotta say, I think there's one game on this schedule that I think is a legitimate trap game for the Broncos. And I got to say it's week 13 against Houston late in the season. Yeah. Who, who We really don't know what Houston's going to be at this point. CJ Stroud could be yeah. a phenomenal quarterback at the next level. Uh, D'Amico Ryans is, is going to be you know, in his first year as a head coach. And maybe if it was earlier in the schedule, I would say, oh, that's, we don't have to worry about that one. But this is week 13. That's a lot of time for them to kind of get things going. Uh, And and it's a lot of time for injuries to happen as well. So uh, week 13, Houston Texans, that's going to be my trap game for the Broncos. But, Chris, I want to get your thoughts on the overall schedule. Do you think that this is an easy schedule for the Denver Broncos, or do you think that this is maybe one of the tougher schedules in the NFL?
1: Yeah. Oh, It's definitely a tough schedule. When you got to deal with the NFC East now, or AFC East, dealing with the Pats, uh, you know, uh, dealing with Dolphins now, they're a solid elite team, uh, yeah. Buffalo. Uh, those are going to be tough games. The Jets, you know, these are three teams that could possibly be playoff teams. And then you've got to deal with the, your own division, Yeah, right? Having to deal with all those teams. I, I think the Raiders got bad, you know, getting rid of Carr, yeah. uh, Garoppolo. <laughs> I, I, I kind of think Carr might be an edge better than Garoppolo. You know, so yeah. uh, I think I think uh, Raiders definitely got um, they they got bad in the offseason. They didn't do a good job. I don't think <laughs> so far. Uh, yeah, so I, I would give them this. This would be uh, the best schedule we've had in a long time, yeah. right? Even though we have a tough games going with the AFC East. Uh, Denver's usually had like the top five hardest schedule uh, yeah. every year. You know, so yeah. I think this year is uh, probably media
0: media middle of the pack. Uh, I would say uh, hard schedules. Yeah. I definitely think that there's a lot of games on this schedule that are, you, you look at it now and you're like, Oh, that's, you know, we can probably count that one as a win. We can count that one as a yeah. win, but then, you know, you, you go down into the meat of it and it's like, Oh, that's going to be a tough team. That's going to be a tough team. You know, dolphins, the bears might be a sneaky, good team this year. Who knows? Uh, yeah. They were starting to click later on in the, in the season. So maybe they carry that over. You know, you got to play the Chiefs twice. You got to play the Chargers twice. Those are teams that they've struggled against, uh in in recent history. The Packers, who knows with them, but you got the, you still got the Vikings. You got to play the Browns, uh, the Texans late, the Lions. Who knows what they're going to be like? And then the Patriots. Lions going to be good. I mean, man, they like. There's a lot of games on this schedule that yeah. kind of have you sweating beads a little bit. So, um, yeah, it, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they how they deal with some of these games because i feel like it's really mixed matched as far as uh you know the the level of opponent goes so definitely some games to keep an eye on and uh if if you have a trap game that you think that the the broncos need to look out for let us know let's talk about it uh chris let's go into the no-fly zone and we've seen the nuggets celebrate their their finals victory we're seeing the the parade kcp was doing the stone cold steve austin celebration uh you know aaron gordon had his shirt on so that that's yeah. a big story that's a big development um <laughs> Jokic was was in fact there at the parade with his daughter he was there don't worry everybody he yeah. he cares about the parade but chris You did get to celebrate a Super Bowl parade in the city of Denver. You got to go on that same championship route. Yeah. What were your feelings at that time, you know, seeing everybody in the city of Denver coming there and, and celebrating your team, your brothers, your teammates, your coaches, what were your feelings during that parade? Yeah,
1: man. I think, uh, I think we had our own fire I think we we're all on fire trucks, right? And uh yeah. I think the no flies on we had our own little uh, truck and you know to leave definitely a while. and everybody's having fun, TJ, everybody was having fun and uh you know uh, it's just it's just a fun time, you know. The whole city was packed. Uh we definitely didn't have any sleep at all, uh <laughs> flying in from after you went to Super the thing about it was in san francisco we didn't really have that much fun it wasn't really nothing like to really celebrate out there in san francisco after we won the super bowl so we were excited to get back to denver (laughs) you know we were ready to go man we really wanted to leave that night and come back to denver so we flew in that next day Uh, i think we had uh we had like a big old team party you know that night and then the next day we had a parade so it was like a full uh, two days straight of partying nonstop and no sleep, so uh, it was definitely a great time and um, something that you always remember and us for sure.
0: Well, were there? You know, I talked about KCP doing the Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was down on the streets, yeah, you know, celebrating with the fans. He he was chugging a Corona with a fan uh, and and giving him a big old hug. Was there any significant moments that you remember from yeah. that Super Bowl parade that you think back and you are know, like, man, that was man. So crazy. I can't think of anybody
1: just doing something crazy then, but it was so many people. Yeah, you know, I don't know how many people the Nuggets have, but uh, up there. But I mean, it was nothing but orange. You know, the whole downtown. Yeah. It was it was crazy. So I, I can't remember anybody jumping out into the into the uh, you know with the fans or doing anything like that. But it was uh, I know it was packed. It was tons of fans. Right. And um, I'm glad to see Jokic though there finding that trophy. I heard I, I I had seen that he had lost that MVP trophy. So I'm like, man, you can't lose that Jokic, man. You deserve that.
0: Take take pride in, in being one of the top players in the league, man. So yeah, I'm glad to see Jokic had it. His his reactions, man, they, they have been cracking me up. He is just yeah. he is probably one of the most entertaining people. And a lot of people are saying like, Oh, he's boring. Oh, you know, he doesn't care. And, and that's just, it's like, no, the the things that he's saying are hilarious. And it's just, it's funny. It shows the kind of person that he is. He's very nonchalant, very, you know, kept all he cares about is his teammates playing ball and going home. That's it. There's nothing more that to me, that's the definition of a Hooper he does not care yeah. about anything else just go
1: and those out. usually are the best players yeah those are the best players in yeah. the nfl and in the nba guys right. that handle their business you know want to play ball play their sport be you know that's how that's kobe mindset. he didn't really yeah. care for too much things right but yeah. he had his mindset of playing ball play, being with his family
0: and you know that's all he wanted to do that's the important things now I do have to ask you, this is a Broncos show you know, we're talking about celebrating. Yeah. I got to ask Peyton Manning The it, was, he like, I, we all know yeah. who he is, uh, you know, in the face <sighs> of the media, give it, give it to us straight behind closed doors. Is this, yeah. is this guy a partier? It, does he party hard or is he still Peyton yeah. Manning the sheriff? after you know when you guys were celebrating uh, the super bowl. Peyton,
1: Peyton was always a partyer, man. You know Peyton, <laughs> you know, get him a nice little little beer, relax, hang out, man. That's what I loved about Peyton, man. He was a guy that was um, always, you know, with the wanted to be with the guys. Yeah. You know, he always had situations where we get together. And Peyton was a uh, that's what it takes as a quarterback. You got to be a guy that wants to hang with the fellas. You know, he wasn't one of those guys that, I'm just going to go to the hotel. I don't want to just hang out with the guys. No, let's go out to dinner, you know. Let's hang out, you know. Peyton's one of those type of guys. And uh, so he's just like you see in the commercials, him and Eli. That's really Peyton. Like, that's really how they act, you know. He's he's really being himself, you know. And uh, that's what makes it – I think that's what makes the job easy for him, that he doesn't have to really turn into this character. He can just – him and Eli can just be themselves up there. And, uh, you know, and that's how they are.
0: Yeah. He, Peyton always cracks me up, man. It, his, his little snippets. And I mean, I, I'd never forget my favorite clip of Peyton is still the, the time he did SNL and they did the uh, skit where they're in the park with all the kids and he's <laughs> telling the kids to run routes yeah. and throwing the, throwing <laughs> the ball at the kids. Just <laughs> hilarious, man. He cracks me up. Uh, Chris, last thing here uh, in the no fly zone, you know, I, 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 I hear all the time as uh as a coach, mm-hmm. you know, how coach, how can I push myself harder? How can I, you know, what can I mm-hmm. do to get better in the weight room? What can I do to get better at film study? What can I do to get better, you know, uh, running routes or in school, Chris, what's one piece of advice for high school football players to help them push through that plateau, uh, that Mark, where they just, they can't seem to get over that edge, whether it's, with school, with training, with learning, with football, what what did you do to get past your plateaus yeah. in your life? Yeah, I,
1: I'll never forget my junior year. I was so skinny, man. I was just, you know, I didn't have any weight on me, you know. And, yeah. Uh, My speed was okay. It wasn't as it wasn't to the speed level that I, where I needed it to be. Mm-hmm. And I just dedicated that whole summer of just you know training uh making sure i build up my speed make sure i, I try out my goal you got to set some goals okay yeah. uh my mission i set a mission my mission was to to be all state to be uh the top DB in the state you know uh, when you set a mission you want to make you might want to it might be way out there where it can be hard to get or to reach but that's something that you're trying to go you're trying to for, right yeah. and then you just set little small goals to that uh, to that mission of what you want to accomplish. And that's what I did. And, um, and I wanted to run a 4-4 by the time I got to the season, right? And I was able to accomplish that, that mission. I wanted to be around 180, you know, uh, around that football season. And those are little things that you can do um, uh, as a player, set little small goals that you can attain uh, as you go and, um, and and see the results. Hopefully you get those results as long as you attack it with that mindset that you want to you want to get that mission right, you want to get that goal right, um, and tack it wholeheartedly, you can go attain it, and that's what I did. I was hungry as a young player. I felt like if I would go and completely be disciplined myself now, uh, when I'm at the age that I'm at now, thirty three, um, I, I can I don't you don't have to do anything. I'm yeah. pretty. You try to be set for life. So um, that was my that's what I can say to young young guys. You know. Uh they want to have all the fluff and all the you know all the glamour early, right? Without putting that discipline in and trying to set themselves up
0: in the long run. And that yeah. was my mindset. Yeah, I love that, man. And and for those who don't know, I actually just discovered this as well. Chris is a an alumni from Bixby, Oklahoma, which is the powerhouse yeah. football team in the country. Yeah. Let it be known. They are. This is like the football program in the country. So strong words coming from you, Chris. Thank you so much for your advice. I I know some of my kids have been listening to this show and and the pieces of advice that you've given them have been really inspirational for them. So keep working forward. You know, if if you're listening to this, keep working forward, set your goals, set your mission, like Chris said, and and work your tail off, because that's that's the only way that you're going to get that notice and recognition. So, Chris, Thank you so much again. This has been a, oh yeah, no an awesome problem. episode. I love you know hearing, I love hearing you talk uh, about your your days yes, with the with the Broncos, and I know Broncos fans do as well. Uh, make sure that you guys, like I said, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast listening platform that you are on. Make sure that you follow Chris and I on social media uh, on Twitter at Chris Harris Jr. at Patrick Coyote. We're going to be having some clips from the show be dropping very soon, so keep an eye out for that.
1: Now through April 1st, experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.